It's Todd coming to you from the Sports and Spiritual Library here in my apartment in Verona and uh, Wisconsin. And I am happy to say that Todd is uh, Todd God podcast is what's going on tonight. So if I didn't have God in my life, this podcast would not be going on. And God only knows where I would be. So, alright, off the serious stuff, let's go on to a little baseball, a little Texas Rangers review. And I am going to start off with Jacob deGrom, that $18 trillion man who's, uh, who's 34 years old. And Texas laid off the, Texas laid off the dollars for him, and now he's, uh, he's a Ranger instead of a Met. And who can blame him for taking that, taking that money? He's got four games started, 22 thirds of an inning, 20 and two thirds innings, 32 strikeouts. He's got a .87 WHIP, and um, he went to Stetson College. He is a uh, he's from Florida, uh, and that's where Stetson College is. Is in Florida. And I think it's by, I don't, I'm not really sure. But anyways, it's in Florida, I know that. Round 9, overall pick, 272 by the Mets. Nice pick. And he's been, uh, he's won some Cy Youngs. He has a lot of talent, that's for sure. And, you know, he's just going to be an ace for that staff. It's going to work out real well. Um... Last year he was a uh, he spent a lot of time on the injured list. He had a stress reaction on his right scapula. So So the way I like to see this is that two thousand and twenty one he put up a bun of the big First half performances in Major League history, then spent the entire second half on the injured list with right forearm tightness. Uh, you see something here? <laughs> they paid all this money, and the guy can't even make it through a half a season in the last two seasons. And uh, you know what? That tells me that he he's got they got some issues with him because they're going to have to pay him all that jack, but that's their own fault. So, instead of spending it on other players, they've gone to DeGrom. So, I hope he makes it, and I hope he does well. That's all I'm going to say. And, uh, you know, I'm not here to criticize him. Andrew Haney Haney. So, he's a uh, left-hander. He's 6'2", 200 pounds. Started out with a... a uh, So yeah, he started out with the Marlins. He's the number one pick, overall pick nine. In the 2012 draft, he's out of Oklahoma State. He's got three games started. He's got 12 and two-thirds, 16 strikeouts, and a 1.42 whip. He's, he's, a, he's a good pitcher. It's just that he's going to have to... Uh, he's going to have to get away from, from the day... 
errors he makes with his pitching and you know because he's he's prone to the home run ball you know, in 2021 he gave up 29 long balls that's not good but in 2022 he improved to he went from 29 to 14 home runs so you know in the home run era he gave up 27 home runs in 2018 but that's the thing is, is that that's what I see going on with him. He's, if he can keep his, uh, keep guys off base and get the outs, he's going to do real well. You know, in, in 2022, he had a 1.09 whip. And the thing about that is that one of the things I really like about this guy is that he's a, uh, he's got good stuff. He's got good, uh, He's he's got the talent to be to be a good second starter, and you know it's nice to have a left-hander like him. All right, next we go to John Gray. He's the uh, former Rocky. He's been with Texas for uh, been with Texas for a couple of years now. You got a lot of, uh, got a lot of problems when he was in Coors Field, and hopefully this will smooth them out. Even though Texas is a is a big time long ball home run home run spot, even though they're I don't know if this I don't know what's going on in the new stadium or nothing like that, but I'm just saying that tongue in cheek because but last year he was uh. Last year he had a good year, 127 and a third, 105 hits, 17 home runs and 127 innings. That's not too bad in a home run era. And uh, he struck out 134, and then he struck out 150 in 2019. He's got a 1.21 whip in uh, 2023 this year. He's, like I say, he's... Uh, one and one. He started three games so far, and he went up to going up to last year, 20, 2022. He started 24 games. Yeah, like I said, he's you know he's he's got the ability. The problem is, is like when he was pitching in Coors, he was prone to prone to giving up a lot of a lot of a lot of almost and a lot of hits. Um, he gave up 27 in 2018. Long balls, home runs, and but yeah, he's. Uh, I'm glad Texas got him because he can he can do well for him. And you know, last year he was a. Uh, last year proves the point when he got a 1.13 whip and a .96 ground out to air out. Um, that's it's very. Uh, it's very tough to make a new transition to another team from what I hear. But this was needed, and he got out of Colorado. And I think Texas is going to have a lot better team than Colorado. Colorado is not very good this year again. So he's got a new lease on life last year, and now he's 
now he's able to uh, have a couple seasons in uh, in Texas. Okay, Martin Perez. Martin Perez is a guy that, 32 years old, he's bounced around. He started out with the, with the Rangers. He went to the Twins. Then he was off to the Red Sox. I'm sorry, then he, was, he, was, he became a Red Sox, then he was off to the Twins, I think. Yeah, he went from Minnesota to Boston, so I'm wrong. So, and, uh, he didn't pitch very well. You know, he, he struggled until last year when he was uh, back with Texas. 32 games started. 198, 196 and a third, 176 hits. I'm sorry, 178 hits. There we go. 241 average against 1.26 whip. Those are by far his best. Uh, those are by far his best stats of his uh, of his career, and you know he's always been he's always been a high ERA guy too. But uh, last year he had he had a really good year, and he only got a two point eight nine ERA. And he started thirty two games. All of a sudden, teams start looking at you a different way, and they value you as a commodity instead of a liability. And you know that's that's the type of thing is sometimes it takes the left hander to to grow up, you know, and realize what's working for him, what's not working for him, and then you then you go through and scratch out what uh what pitch is causing you the most problems. Nathan Eovaldi. Well, another guy that's age thirty three years old. This Texas staff has some uh has a lot of veterans on it, that's for sure. But he's, he's pitched four games, four games started, 21 and two-thirds, 24 strikeouts, and a 1.48 whip. Um, yeah, he's had his share of troubles. And uh, a lot of injuries to this guy. That's what I've seen anyways, and... Uh, you know, he was with the Yankees in uh, 2016. I'm sorry, in 2015. He started 27 games, 154 and a third, 175 hits. And he gave, and he, he's the type of guy that Gives up a lot of hits, and he had a. Uh, I'm trying to go to try to prove him. Up. Tell you guys something about him is that last year, last year in Boston, he was six and three with a three point eight seven ERA. Pitched in twenty games, a hundred and nine and a third with one hundred fifteen hits. Um, he had a one point two three WHIP. But when he was with, uh, he was with the Yankees in 2016, or 2015, sorry. He had a 14-3 record. And a 4.2 ERA. Well, that all looks, that all looks all fine, but you know what? 
He had a 1.45 whip. But he was living on, he was living on, uh, he was living good. And, um, you know, when you, opponent's average is 285 against. Obviously, you're getting some runs from the Yankees, getting Yankee offense. And when he went down to, uh, pitching Boston for, for four years, did outstanding. Um, here in Boston, it looks like he, uh, you know, until he has, yeah, ERA is right around three. Well, he's having he had an ERA over three was uh, 2019 was a 5.99. Ouch. Yeah, he threw 67 and two third innings and uh, 72 hits and uh, one point five nine, one point five eight whip. So that's the thing too is when you're pitch, pitching in Boston and. You're giving up a one. You're giving up one fly ball that'll go to zero ground balls. I'm sorry, he's doing all right. He's doing all right. That's my fault. He did pretty good. He actually kept the ball on the ground. I was looking at it from the inverse angle, and um, that's probably why he's giving up 175 hits and, and that many innings too. But anyways. He's gonna be all right, I think, but he's off to a slow start right now. But you know, he's got a vet. He's a veteran, so that really helps out a lot. And you know, who knows? He might have Braden Looper disease too. But I'm just joking because Braden Looper was living off the brewer. Was on the Brewers, and he had like a he had a really good record. He's like 13 and four. But you know, and he had to pull him out of so many games because of his. Uh, you know he was he was he was, he had to pull him out of the game because he he was getting rocked. But then what happened was the Brewer offense would come back and they would uh, he would get a no decision. So a lot of time that, that happens and you know it's and you want your guys to be able to pitch more more than one inning. I'm sorry, more than. More innings, and then, uh, more innings pitched. Yeah, no doubt, because it's hard, it's hard for him to, uh, it's hard for Nathan Valley to, to be able to, to live off that, uh, live with no run support. So he needs, he gets a lot of run support, too, from, uh, hopefully from the Rangers this year. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, Jacob Odorizzi's hurt. He's on a 60-day IL. I mean, he is a, uh, he's a good veteran pitcher. And, you know, he's, he was another one of these compensation picks for the, uh, for the Brewers back in, I think it was 07. He's got a right rotator cuff strain. Uh-oh. That's not a good thing. Not good at all. But yeah, Odorizzi was, uh, was with the Brewer organization originally, and then he went over in the, uh, 
Zach, I believe it was Zach, Zach Grinke trade to uh, Kansas City. And, you know, he's, he's, had a, he's had a rough career. He's not been very effective. I mean, you know, his lowest whip is, he's been doing, he's done all right. I'm sorry. Sometimes I speak too fast. And um, 1.21, 1.19. Yeah, he's had a 1.15 whip in uh, 2015 with Tampa. You know, he said he had good performances. He's got the he's got he's got the ability to uh, he's got the ability to to pitch very well. But the problem is, is that's always been with him is injuries. Arm injuries. You know, once again, he's got a rotator cup strain. He's probably going to have to have that redone. Hopefully not. Hopefully he can rehab it and get better. But And uh, come around a little bit more. Going to Otto. Another guy in the IL-60. 27 years old. A lot of guys living on the uh, living on the IL. Yeah, let's see what's wrong with this guy. Right shoulder strain. Ouch. Hard to pitch with a right shoulder strain. Um. Hopefully he'll be all right too. Hopefully they can rehab it. Yeah, shoulder strains are not good because the surgery for a shoulder is, you don't know how how you're going to come back. You know, one thing, it's one thing to have a Tommy John surgery where you can, uh, you can come back from it and pitch really well, but the shoulder strain is a, you know, one thing about the Tommy John surgery too is like you can come back and you'll be throwing harder than when you were when you, uh, when you, when you got hurt. And that's the thing is, is that because they're putting a new tendon in there. So it's like having a bionic arm. So Jonathan Hernandez, he's a relief pitcher. I'm going on to the relief pitcher, so. He's six foot three, he's 190 pounds, and he's about uh, 26 years old. He's got a 3.16 ERA and a 1.27 whip. He's having a good year this so far. He's got seven games. He's pitched in 2.45 ERA. And uh, he's got eight strikeouts and seven innings. 0.82 whip. So he's off to a good start. And in his, in his career... In his career, he's done real well, too. Um, you know, he's he's got the uh, he's got the ability to uh, to help out in the bullpen, and hopefully, he can pitch. You know, they got they don't get many innings out. They only got thirty one innings out of him, and uh, they got twenty seven innings, twenty seven games out of him. And 20 and 22, they got uh, 29 games out of him coming in in relief. 
So, he has the, uh, he had a 1.42 whip in the last year too, which is just suspect. It's not very good. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to uh, give them some help in the bullpen. Seems like when he pitches, he, uh, he does real well. Brett Martin, another guy in the IL 60. Left-hander, and uh, they're going to miss him. He's six feet, six feet four, 200 pounds. He's eight and he's uh, 3.85 ERA for his career. He's got 187 games he's pitched in. He's got 152 strikeouts and a 1.35 whip. Well, you know what? I have no idea where Walters College is from. That's where he's supposed. That's where he's from. So I'm sorry, Walters State <laughs> Community College. So he was drafted in round four, pick. 126. So hopefully they can get him back and get him going in the right direction, but uh, let me see what's wrong with him. just as they placed him on the uh, left-handed pitcher on their 60-day injured list. And he might still have a left shoulder strain, which could be still bothering him because they're trying to put him on it. That's what he's had problems with before. And so I'm not really sure what his problem there is, what his issue is. But he's had shoulder problems before. Usually that's... Uh, that can be repetitive unless it's operated on it, it comes back stronger. But that's the thing is that people, they, want, they don't want to operate on them. I've had the same thing, so I have a lot of experience with that, even though I was not pitching for the Texas Rangers. So, Brock Burke, 6'4", 210-pound left-hander, uh, he was uh, drafted by Tampa Bay in round three of the uh, 2014 draft, and he's out of uh, Evergreen High School in Evergreen, Colorado. He is a uh, pitched in 64 games. He started started six and started six games. 117 and a third, 112 hits, 1.18 whip. And this year he's doing well. This year he's doing real well. Eight and a third, eight strikeouts, and a 1.20 whip. I say whip a lot because of the walks, hits, innings pitched. It's a very important stat to me. The ones and losses, I've already went through that because, and I showed like, you know, how, how screwed up ones and losses are. And, uh, you know, when you go on like five and a third or six innings, like a lot of these guys do, 
Which I don't blame them because they throw real hard and it's really it's really hard on their nerves. But you know, but you have to have a good bullpen and backup. You're going to get wins, and that's so it throws it dilutes the it dilutes the numbers. You know, it puts a whole lot of uh, so it puts a whole lot of. Uh, whole lot of, of water into the uh, into the drink <laughs> depends on what kind of drink you're drinking but anyways Josh Josh Shores is the next guy I'm on to and he's a right hander he's 6'3 215 he's 29 years old and he's out of Washington D.C. he's in the uh, round he's the competition bonus uh Round and uh, he's he's in B. It's overall pick number seventy five, two thousand fifteen. He's out of Virginia. So three games he's been in so far this year. He's pouring a third, three strikeouts, and a point nine two whip. He's got a uh, nothing real well. He's got ninety six games and he's got a one game started, one inning, one save. He does real well, and uh, three games, four and a third, three hits. He's a, he came up with the Dodgers in 2019, and he's been over in te with Texas here for 2021, his first year with Texas. Pitched 63 games in uh, 2021, but otherwise 2022, he, he pitched 19, I don't know, he might have been hurt or something, let's find out. But he's uh he's got a lot of ability still and um hopefully they can start getting something out of him. Oh I have a left ankle sprain in uh in March. But he's been activated since April fourteenth. Dane Dunning, six feet four, two hundred twenty-five pound right-hander. Wow, he's been in six games so far. Might want to pick him up for strategy. I'm not joking either. He's got a. Uh, he hasn't given up a run yet. 15 and a third. He's got nine strikeouts and a .72 whip. He's just in Florida yeah, with the Gators. And, uh, yeah, he's done a really good job now uh, pitching in relief. But he was he was a Washington's number one overall pick, pick number 29. And then he went on to, uh, to Chicago in the... Uh, Adam Eaton trade, I believe, and he was, uh, he went over there with, uh, Lucas Giolito, and, and what ended up happening was, he ended up, he ended up going over there, and he was big, uh, so they've got big, 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 contri big, contri big contributions out of this guy with Texas.
And Giolito's done all right, too. He's been up and down a little bit, but, you know, it seems like he takes the ball, that's for sure. Ian Kennedy, 6 feet, 210 pounds, age 38. Four point one five ERA, four hundred eighty seven games, two hundred ninety starts, eighteen hundred ninety two innings pitched, seventeen hundred sixty strikeouts and a one point two nine whip. Ian Kennedy's been around for a while, and uh, you know his first year was two thousand and seven with the Yankees. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you that he's been flat out and totally awesome unless he was uh, 2011 when he was pitching with Arizona. He uh, 222 innings, 186 hits. Did really well. He, got, he led them to the playoffs too. He's one of their best pitchers going into the playoffs in that year. Otherwise, he's been sporadic up and down, 500 pitcher, and nothing really, uh, nothing really to write home about. Um, he's done a pretty good sign. He's done a pretty good job out of uh, out of the bullpen, and he's uh, he was four. He had a 5.36 ERA last year in 57 games. Fifteen and third innings pitch, he gave up fifty-seven hits. And I think he gave up eleven home runs, looks like. Yeah, he's he's been his bugaboo's been a home run ball. He still he gave up 11 last year in 50 innings. It's not exactly a uh, good statistic, but let me tell you what. We're going to go through this a little bit here for a little bit more. 28 home runs in uh, 2012. He gave up 27 in 2013. When he pitched at Petco, he gave up... Uh, Came up 31 home runs in uh, 168 and a third. That's unbelievable. And that was in 2015 when the fences were the same. They weren't moved in. Oh boy. He gave up 33 in 2016 with uh, Kansas City. In 2017, he gave up. Uh, he gave up 34, so now you know what I'm talking about with him and his home run. It's home runs, and I can also tell you the fact that you might want to stay with me for the fans, yeah, for sure. Jose Leclerc. 
nasty stuff. He's six feet, 195 pounds. He's ages, he's age 29. And he's pitching seven games so far, no runs. Struck out 5.86 whip, and he's got a save. And he's uh, 236 games so far. 3.03 ERA for his, for his career. 37 saves for his career, too. He's 243 and two-thirds. He's got 322 strikeouts and a 1.19 whip. That's getting it done. Very much getting it done. And very much you need to look. Somebody needs to look for him on their fantasy team because if he's unguarded, which he's probably not, he's, I should say, if he's without a, without a fantasy team, he's probably not going to be available, though. Not doing this stuff. Uh, his first big, first big year was, uh, he had a little bit of a, almost a, he had 12 games and uh, with Texas in 2016, and he he pitched 264. He threw 264 pitches, which is pretty easy on your arm. But he struck out 15, of, and I'm sure he pitched in the minors too. He only gave up uh, 212 average against, but he walked 13. Yeah, he walked 13 and uh, 15 innings pitch. Well, that was his first year, thank God. He just, 2016, and last year, I'll jump over to last year quick. He did really well. He, threw, he pitched in 39 games. Four holes, seven saves, nine save opportunities. 47 and two-thirds, 33 hits, 17 runs, 15 earned, and uh, he had a 1.13 whip, 21 walks and 54 strikeouts. He can do better. He, he's got good stuff. He's a fun guy to pay, watch pitch. Him and Classic pretty much came up together in the uh, through the ranks with the Rangers. And Klausay's doing a great job over in, uh, Klausay's doing a great job over there in uh, Cleveland, closing. So if this guy keeps doing well, look for uh, somebody that needs a closer, they're gonna go out and get him. But I see Texas having a different team this year, and they've had a lot of problems in the past few years, and uh, what I see with them is the fact that I see them being able to make a move and uh, improve their team. They have a lot of talent on this roster, that's for sure. You know, and another guy, Will Smith, is a good Good left-handed relief pitcher too. He's got a 1.35 ERA. He's pitching. He's pitching six games. He's got one save. Six and two thirds. He's got nine strikeouts and a .75 WHIP. You know, so 
Bruce Bochy's got a good bullpen behind him, that's for sure. And he knows how to use guys right. He's he's one of the best managers ever in baseball, from what I can remember or see it. You know, he's got the hardware to back it up too. And uh, you know, he's just he continues to go he continues to go on. He came back for you think he was retired, he came back to be with the Rangers and to, and to manage the Rangers. So Will Smith, he was with Milwaukee from uh, 2014 through up until the trade deadline in San Francisco. He went over to San Francisco for uh, Mauricio Dubon and Phil Bickford. Um, Phil Bickford, the Dodger, and Dubon's with the Astros right now, but they're all probably in Milwaukee for a while. But uh, Will Smith is, he's done some good work. You know, he's 34, 34 saves and 38 appearances in uh, 2019. And then it was 37 saves and 43 appearances with Atlanta in 2021. So he's, he's the type of guy that can be very influential on the, uh, with the Rangers this year, and you know he's he's not gonna like he's he's got some he's always had some low whips too. I mean, you're looking at a point nine four whip in uh, 2020. Well, okay, that's COVID. But uh, I'll go on to the next year, 2021. He was 1.13 whip, but he had 1.198 average against. And um, we go down here to too. I want to look at his uh, his splits. So what I'm seeing right now is well, I don't know what I'm seeing right now. To be honest with you, but anyways. <laughs> But he pitches, he's great against the left-handers. And, you know, I, I've watched him pitch a lot with the Brewers. And, uh, you know, it's, I could see this uh, this bullpen being, you know, Leclerc against the right-handers and Will Smith against the left-handers in a closing role. And it's, uh, this team is going to be a, like I said, this team is going to get some good good pitching. And, you know, Boach is going to do a great job running it. Running the whole operation. You know what? Will Smith's only 33 years old, too. I remember when the Brewers got him from the Royals. He wasn't exactly old. And uh, he did great with the Brewers for a couple of years. I was disappointed when they let him go, but he's a lot like, uh, he reminds me a lot of Josh Hader. You know, he's not exactly Josh Hader, but what he is, is he's a good, uh, he's a good bullpenner on the left side with a with a funky delivery. All right, Cole. Cole Reagans is the next guy. Six feet four, 190 pound left-hander.
Man, these guys tat up. Oof. So a whole lot of tattoos on this guy's left arm, that's for sure. Six foot four hundred and ninety pounds. Twenty twenty three regular season, he's got uh two and one. Two point zero zero ERA and uh nine innings, nine strikeouts, one point two two whip. So he's out of uh he's at North North Florida Christian High School out of Tallahassee, Florida. Round one pick. Number thirty overall. And Pitching 15 games so far. He started nine games last year with him, with him last year, and uh, he's started no games so far this year. But that option might be there. So he's a uh, he's a young pitcher with uh, with a lot of promise. And he's 25 years old. He's a baby on this stuff because all the pitchers seem well. Most of the pitchers are like in their 30s. Another guy that I I enjoy watching is just Jonah Heim. Switch hitter. He's got he's got the hair hanging off the back. It looks like he's uh looks like he's a damn serious ball player, that's for sure. You know, he's he's got power, that's for sure. He's forty five at bats, fourteen heads, he's got three homers and uh, eleven RBIs. He's got a uh, 941 OPS, and, uh, you know, I hope he can keep that going because he, <laughs> I like him. I like watching him play. You know, he started out with Oakland in uh, the uh, COVID year, and he went over to the uh, to the Rangers. And last year he was, uh, he, he produced power. He had a 697 OPS, which isn't all that bad. But what happens is that uh, it seems like a lot of these guys have the ability to uh, to put numbers up and so Oakland A's they traded Chris Davis, Jonah Heim. Dane Acker to the Rangers for Elvis Andrews, Aramis, Garcia, and Cash. Where's Chris Davis at? Anyways, he was had absolutely no arm, but he had a lot of power. And he'd be if he somebody wanted him. I think the last time I heard, he was in the Mexican League, south of the border, down Mexico way. Next guy on this uh, injured list thing is uh, he's on the 10-day list is Mitch Garber, former twin. 
He's another solid player that I enjoy watching. He's a right-handed hitter, 6'1", 220 pounds. And he can, uh, he holds his own defensively. He's got two homer six RBIs so far. He's got a 943 OPS. Status injured list of 10 days, so he must have something that, he's hurt, but it's probably not very serious. Let's take a look and see what it is. Well, he's got a mild left knee strain, so that's not too bad. But, uh, The only guy that's a left-handed left batter is Sandy Leon. Sandy Leon, I'm sorry. And, uh, he's 5'10", 235 pounds. He's 34 years old. His first productive year, he started out in 2012, but his first productive year was with Boston. And uh, 20, uh, 2016. And he, uh, 369 and a 476 uh, slugging, 845 overall or OPS. Otherwise, he's been. Up before that, he was not doing real well. 644 OPS in uh, 2017. Otherwise, he's been uh, he's been minor to uh, mediocre. So he's but he knows how to handle pitchers and stuff like that, and or and he's got a good throwing arm too. So you just never know with this guy is is he gonna gonna hit or not, you know. And that's the thing, he's 34 years old now, so it looks like he's just going to continue on as a, uh, he's just going to continue on to struggle. But they've got, uh, Nathaniel Lowe is the first baseman for this team. 6'4", 220. Came over from uh, Tampa Bay. Brother of Josh Lowe. Went to Mississippi State. Round 13, he was picked by the by the uh, Rays. 2016 draft, I think I already said that. 429, 2019 is his, uh, what was his debut? He's setting two, 723 OPS right now, and uh, 75 at best. He's got 18 hits, and he's got uh, 58 home runs overall in his career with 801 OPS. He's a good ball player. He's a good hitter. 
you know, it seems like Tampa Bay, or yeah, Tampa Bay has just been producing, producing uh, excellent players, excellent, excellent uh, hitters, and you know, last year with Lowell, he had a great year, 850 OPS, and uh, he had a 492 slugging. He's gonna get up under 500. You're rocking. And he, uh, 302, uh, 302 batting average. He had 1.3 ground out to air out. This is, uh, 2022, by the way. He walked. One of the things I like about him, he walked 80 times at 21. He's a little, he seems like he, uh, maybe he was giving up some, uh, hit, you know, trying to hit the long ball, uh, a little bit too much because he, he's down, uh, 32 walks and he played the same number of games, played the same number of games and, uh, 2022 as he did in 2021. He's trying to curtail the strikeouts. He had 147 last year. But he had 162 the year before. They might have... They, I don't know why they traded him. Sometimes I wonder. This guy's really good. The Lowe brothers are smacking... They have a, uh, you know, Josh Lowe and this guy, Nathaniel Lowe, and they have a lot of talent, there's no doubt about that. Like, he was a, uh, he was a late round pick, he's 13th round, 390, 390 pick. He worked his butt off, that means. He worked and he worked and he worked to get better. And that's why you can go from a, uh, that's why you can go from a, being a, uh, probably never ever to a, to being a great, great hitter like he's doing. And, uh, you know, that's the thing about the, uh, the majors. Doesn't matter who you are, but it matters what you do. You know, I just, I was, case in point, like Mike Piazza, was he like a 52nd pick over, 52nd round pick, and not God only knows how many players went ahead of him, but a whole lot, I can see that much. Marcus Semyon, second base, six feet, 190 pounds, 195 pounds, out of Oakland, which I'm sure he's really glad about. And all-star, all-star uh, infielder. Well, he was with Toronto last year, if I remember right. But he's, uh, he's picked by the White Sox sixth round in uh, 2011.
He's got 20, uh, he had 27 home runs in 2016 for Oakland. I'm sorry, that, yeah, he's 27 home runs. He had 33 home runs in 2019. But with Toronto in 2021, he had 45. And last year he was out with 26 home runs. So he had a uh, he had a good run here. Of, he's been 891. He's been Oakland with Oakland and uh, OPS in 2019 and 872 last year. I'm sorry, 872 and 21, 2021. And one of the things about him is he. Uh, He's hitting 50%. Uh, he's going out to arrows. He's at a uh, point, point 0.5. He's been, he's been lower than a 1. So it means that he's hitting a lot of fly balls. And that explains him getting so many home runs. So you're not hitting the ball on the ground. You're hitting it in the air, right? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes this stuff takes pretty for a... It's taken me for a while to figure it out, so I'm not the world I'm not the most intelligent lad in the world, I can tell you that much. I'm just surprised I can actually I can operate a computer. So Josh Smith is another man that uh I faintly heard of. And he is five feet ten hundred and seventy two pounds, bats uh left handed and throws right. Plays on the infield. Picked by the Yankees in the second round. Don't expect him to be up much longer. <laughs> He's got a 530 OPS. He's 5 for 33, and uh, who knows? But the problem is, like last year, he was a 554 OPS. So he must have a most have the ability to fill in, and uh, they don't expect much from them. But, you know, it's just one of those things, too, where you look at his, uh, his OPS, and there's, you know, there's, you wonder how the heck he got to the majors. That's not for me to, uh, to commiserate over, that's for sure. You know, each and every guy that gets to the majors is pretty darn awesome. So. All right. Well, you know, there's another guy left that plays left field that I really like. I like Robbie Grossman. I always have. Six feet, two hundred nine pounds. He's thirty three years old, and he can. He's good. He's a good feeling player. Um, starting off well, rough. Two fifty nine, sitting one seventy with a five for five fourteen OPS. But he's he's eight for forty seven. I believe he's a hot and cold hitter too. So 
Hopefully it'll keep him around. The 7020 LPS career hitter. He's a real good outfielder. He's a good throwing arm. And he can play in the infield a little bit, I believe, too. Hey, this guy's getting some years behind him. <laughs> Started out in 2013 with Houston. So he goes over to the Twins in 2016, and he hits uh, 8.29 OPS. He got he had 11 home runs, 11 home runs and uh, 332 at bats. That's pretty good. 8.26 OPS in uh, uh, COVID year with Oakland and. Um, He had eight home runs that year, so. Anyways, he went to Detroit in 156 games. He played, he had 557 at-bats. He hit 23 home runs. He had 772 OPS. This guy does really well filling in too, you know, he's, he runs the bases, but he's just a good all-around player. Good, fun, fundamentally sound. You know, like with Detroit in 2021, he was 20 out of 25 for stolen bases. And in 2022, he... 6 out of 8. He'd be a good pinch runner, too. But he's probably going to steal a lot more bases this year once he gets going. Gets on first base. And he, uh... He knows how to take some at-bats, too. Um... Getting, he's usually, yeah, he's over four pitches per at bat. For most of four pitches per plate appearance. All right, let's go on here. Let's, but yeah, Robbie Grossman is a solid player. And uh, like I said, he's going to do well. You know, I'm sure Bochy, I'm sure Bochy wanted him too because of his uh, ability to fill in in certain areas. All right, Josh Smith, you're done. <laughs> Bubba Thompson. Six feet, 297 pounds, age 24. And he is from, uh, he is from Mobile, Alabama. Round one, 26th overall pick. You know, the thing about Mobile, Alabama is and I like to talk about it. It's their uh, their ability to turn on Hall of Fame ball players. Like you know, I don't think they've been doing real well lately with the uh, turning them on. But back in the back in the Negro League day, they had uh, Ernie Banks. They turned out uh, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, um, Billy Sweet Sweet Swinging Williams. It's a lot of guys they had, uh, they turned out. And it was very freaking competitive back then, too, because of the Negro League situation. You know, they had the Mobile, Alabama, was home to uh, a
Hey, it's Todd coming to you from the Sports and Spirituality Library here in my apartment in Verona. Uh, I'm calling to you because it's a God Todd, I'm sorry, it's a Todd God podcast. And uh, I tell you what, if it wasn't for God right now, I would not be doing this and I would not have the have the freedom to do this and uh he's coming and uh he's coming at to you with the power of love all right so i'm going to uh do a little bit on here on the i'm going to do a uh, review on the rangers for this year and uh it started off already and you know i'm a little behind but uh i really love doing this and i'm doing enough current roster so, what we got here is we got Jacob deGrom and uh, the trillionaire, 34 years old, and he is a, uh, he's 1-0, four games, four games started, 22 thirds, 32 strikeouts, .87 whip, he's the same deGrom with incredible stats. The ERA is 3.48, but that'll come down. It's no big deal. He's got four stars already, so that's, that's like he's, he's awesome. 20 innings. That's a little shy. That's a little shy on the uh, inning side, but he'll probably he'll probably go up here once his arm picks up and he strengthens as he goes on. So, alrighty. You know he's he's like I said he was around nine he's around nine draft pick, and uh, twenty ten overall pick is twenty two hundred twelve units of sets in college, that's down in Florida. So you just never know where these guys are coming from. It's it's really funny because you know you, you see a guy that you know like Mike Piazza who's about I don't know he's like the fifty second round pick of the Dodgers. And uh, that was back when the, the drafts were a lot longer. But anyways, yeah, he was 52nd round pick. And guess where he's at? He's in the Hall of Fame. That's how these guys develop. It's, it's, it's just so uh, it's so amazing. So it's always fun to, to watch over these guys. And then you have guys like, uh, oh, you have guys like in the Dominican. You know, they don't even get drafted. And they start out in low Low miners, and uh, they work their way up and become incredible, uh, become very incredible uh, baseball players. So that's what, uh, that's just a, that's a thing that I just love about baseball. You know, you never know where these guys are coming from. You never know how they're going to develop. You know, they can have the best scouts, beginning of the best scouts, the best scouting reports, and you know what? Three quarters don't even work out. Three quarters of the first round picks don't even work out. In my eyes, anyways, I don't know about. Uh, <laughs> of course, that's probably just babble for me. I don't have any stats or anything like that to prove it, but it's always fun to look at that stuff and. Uh, And realize that, you know, life is full of opportunities for everybody. Andrew Haney, left-handed relief, left-handed starter, six feet two, two hundred pounds, 
and he is uh, he's a Marlins overall 12, 2012 first round overall pick number nine. He went to Oklahoma State, which is a very good baseball school, as everybody probably knows. They've uh, they've had their share of talent come out of there. I don't know if you guys remember Pete Incanvillia, but I think of him a lot when I think of Oklahoma State. He was such a uh, he was such a different player. I mean, it's just the power, the pop he had was incredible. He struggled in most he struggled in most positions, but uh, feeling. Well, when he played for the when he played for the Phillies, I mean, he was just he was another uh, threat to have in their lineup. But, uh, yeah, Andrew Haney and uh, Sturdy, I'm sorry, he's, he has a 4.97 ERA so far in three games started. 12 and two-thirds of 16 strikeouts. 1.42 whip. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's got, he's got 140 games. 129 started. 719 and two-thirds. 776 strikeouts and 1.25 whip for his career. As I said, as far as I'm concerned, what I meant was that the win-loss records doesn't mean deadly squat to me. So, you know, it's all about what's it, what he's performing, like in his whip and stuff like that. That's the stuff that matters to me. That's the uh, inside baseball stats. And if you've got a fantasy team, you know all about that stuff, don't you? All right. I'm going on here to another guy that I like. is John, Jonathan Gray. Uh, he's uh, 6'4", 225. He's 31. He was a first-round pick of the uh, Rockies, too. He's number three overall. Well, he can, uh, he's out of Oklahoma. And this year he's had three games started, 14 innings, 13 strikeouts. He's got a 1.21 whip. He's off to a good start with him. 3.21 ERA. But he was, uh, his, uh, his stats are higher because he was in, uh, so he was, he's got 4.49 career ERA, but he's in Coors Field for, his whole career, and uh, he 178 starts, 976 and two thirds, 996 strikeouts and a 1.31 whip, which uh, isn't all that bad, you know. I just want to go in here and see some stuff. I get the stat thing up here. He's I'm looking for his best year. And uh, he's had some years that were he got shelled. Last year he's seven and seven. I'm sorry, that's that's meaningless. Last year in he in Texas, 2022, yeah, 3.96 ERA and 24 starts, 127 and a third with 105 hits, 56 earned runs. He had uh. 
39 walks and 134 strikeouts, and he had a 1.13 whip, but his average, 222 against. And that's, that's pretty good, solid. That's pretty much one of his best years. His uh, whip was really good. His whip was the best whip he's ever had uh, in the majors. And uh, you can see the difference in, in between uh, Coors Field and that Rangers new park. So, you know, if it's, it's too, it's like sometimes in those stadiums, I think they try to, the pitchers try to get get the ball over the plate because they're worried about walking people, you know, and putting the freebies on. And that's the thing is, is that when you do that, then you start overthrowing and training the ball and instead of just letting it go. So that's what, uh, that's what I see with Jonathan Gray, and I think he's gonna he's gonna continue to benefit this season from uh, from being on a course. All right, Martina Martin Perez. He's bounced around, bounced around in some few different places. He's a uh, He was with he was with the Rangers when he when he was a rookie and uh and a few few more years behind that but I just I like this guy and uh you know he's this year he's three and one the three point three eight ERA in four games four games started twenty one and a third nineteen strikeouts his whoops really high at one point five five so here we go I'm gonna take you a look down the career stats. Yeah, he had, he had uh, 2012, he broke in with the Rangers, and he pitched 2012 to 2018 with the Rangers. And he had some tough years. He had some uh, tough years where he really struggled. And... So yeah, he had some tough years where he really struggled, and he he was a uh, Z, you know he's four point four two ERA. He's got a he's got a whip that's we're having problems with getting this thing going. There, let's try this this way. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm so good on this computer. <laughs> Yeah, right. Anyways, um, 1.45 whip for his career. And he's tossed three shutouts. He threw two of them then. Uh, he threw two of them in 2014. And... He threw one last year too, 196 and a third. And I believe I can say this. I should. I have to look it up, but I thought he threw a no hitter last year. One of the many. All right. Well, they talk about him being married. <laughs> 
World Baseball Classic. All right, well, yeah, I just, I don't, I'm not having much luck with this, but, uh, yeah, he's a, uh, I'm just going to say, yeah, he threw a no-hitter. <laughs> you know how it is when you can't get this stuff. All right, let's take a look at the news. And uh, this isn't about Russia either. It's about Martin Perez. Well, okay. So yeah, he's a uh, he's six feet, two hundred pounds. He's got he's uh, thirty two years old. Uh, he's got he's a junk baller, pretty much. He's about mediocre as they get. Let's just put it that way, and. Um, But yeah, he's bounced around Twins, Boston. And another guy here is uh, them going to is Nathan Eovaldi. Six three two two seventeen. He's thirty three years old. He's one of these guys too that uh the media was all impressed with and he's you know, they talk about him like he's the second thing that Come out of Alvin, Texas, since uh, Nolan Ryan. So he's two and two with a uh, 5.4 ERA. Got four games started, 21 and two thirds, 24 strikeouts, and a 1.48 whip. And I would not pick him up if you're in fantasy. Let's just put it that way. But yeah, he started out with the Dodgers in 2011. And, um, he didn't have a whole hell of a lot of success, let's put it that way. But he got over to the Yankees, he has a 1.45 whip, which isn't all that good. That's the thing you're taking a look at, is he's got a 14-3 and record for the Yankees. Well, that's because they're playing basketball and they're driving in runs left and right with a great offense. And he goes out here and he pitches and he's getting, he's getting wins. And, uh... 154 and a third and 175 hits. You know, it's just like, man, they're hitting 285 against them, too. Um, the Brewers have had some guys like this guy, too. But yeah, it's just one of those things that he struggles so many places. 1.23 ERA, or I mean 2.23 whip, 1.19 whip, 1.2 whip. So he's showing some signs of uh, of being accountable for, and of being able to pitch.
I'm looking too is at his uh looking at his uh chart for when he gets hit and rocked. Exit velocity. Well he looks like he pitched pretty good. Like he's he's under he throws it right down the middle of the plate. It's at 98.4, which isn't all that bad considering the where he's, you know, he's pitching where he's pitching at. And he had a uh, he had a good career so far. You know, I'm sure he's had a lot of fun, but uh, he's just mediocre enough to stick around. I don't know if that's a good career or not. That's your guys' call, but. In my eyes, he's getting paid. He's making a hell of a nice salary for his uh, mediocrity. So let's go on to the next guy. You know, Texas has always been... Texas has always had really big-time hitters. And uh, going all the way back to the 70s, you know, they had a guy named Jeff Burroughs that was... Uh, legitimately awesome power hitter. And he, uh, I think he led the league in home runs in 74 or 75. But, you know, and then they had, uh, they have had some pitchers too. Ferguson Jenkins is one guy that I think of a lot. And I think about uh, Kevin Brown, ex excellent starter. You know, and those guys were fun to watch. You know, you got, uh, you got all, you got, you got the steroid era too with Palmero and, uh, Palmero and Yvonne Gonzalez. I'm sorry. One. Gonzalez. I'm thinking of Irod. Yvonne Rodriguez. He was, he was awesome catcher for him too, so I wasn't too far off. Alright, two guys on the IR. IL, I should say. Jacob Odorizzi and Glenn Otto. So, these guys are going to be uh, up for a while. And, um, it's not pretty when you're on the 60-day DL. It's hard to uh, it's hard to help your team on the IL. And, you know, you can't make the club in the tub is what they say too. But I'm sure he's got he's got something going on that's legitimate. I'm sure. Yeah, I'd say so. He's got a right rotator cup strain. Well. That could have, he could have to have surgery on that, and that's really going to screw things up for him. So hopefully he's getting through his doing his rehab again, not uh, taking care of so he can come back and pitch. Another guy in the 60-day 60 60 IL is Glenn Idol, 27 years old, 6'3", 240 pounds. Out of Born in Spring, Texas, and he played college ball at Rice.
career stats are got a 5.32 ERA in two years. She's got 33 games started. Got 159 innings, 151 hits. She got a 1.39 whip, which is not all that bad. So hopefully he'll be able to uh, come along and uh, get it done. So that's it for the injured players, and I'm going to move on here. Jonathan Hernandez is in the bullpen. Let's see what he's got to do. Six foot three, hundred and ninety pounds. He's uh yeah, he's been in seven games so far, seven and a third, eight strikeouts. Minuscule whip, point eight two whip. And he's got a one point two seven whip for his career. So eighty five and a third, eighty five strikeouts. He's got four saves and he's pitching seventy two games, he's only started two games. So seven out of seventy-two is what that is. So he's been with Texas his whole career since two thousand nineteen, and he did really good during the COVID year. Thirty-one innings, twenty-four hits. He had a uh, one point zero three WHIP and a two eighteen average against. So in two thousand twenty-three, so far he's doing really well. We got .82 ER, .82 whip. So, he's showing signs of, uh, he's got signs that he can really dominate. So what I'm seeing on the Rangers is uh, decent pitching. But with DeGrom, it makes the staff very good. And, uh, I just don't, I just think that uh, Texas is trying to buy themselves a pennant, but they better keep, they better start cashing that oil and <laughs> pay to pay these guys. All right. Brett Martin. He's on the injured list too. He's on a 60 day injured list. And I want to see what's these six foot four, two hundred, age twenty seven. He's pitched uh, two thousand nineteen was his first year, fifty one games, two games started. He's got eighty six games, or sixty six games in two thousand twenty one. And he uh, he pitched with a one point six zero whip. Oof. 1.71 whip in uh, 2021. And I'm going to throw another ground. I'm sorry, that's whip. whip. It's not whip. It's ground out to air out. It's 1.71. You got a 1.36 whip in uh, 21. So I believe I was reading the wrong stat. Um, solid. That's all I can say. Left hander. Hopefully he'll come back soon. Let's we'll see what's wrong with him. 
He's on a 68 day IL too. All right. Well, looks like to me that he, uh, well, he's he's had shoulder troubles before, so I can only guess what's going on with that. He might have surgery or something like that. They don't have it on here, which is surprising. All right, Brock Burke. That's a cool name. Six foot four, two hundred ten pounds, age twenty six. Regular season. Two point seven four ERA and a uh, three point three whip. 117 and a third, 112 strikeouts and a 1.18 whip. So this year he's pitched in, this year he's pitched in six games. I think I just said that. Uh, his career regular season, he's got a 3.3 ERA in 64 games. He started six games and 117 innings and 112 strikeouts. Extend, outstanding, 1.18 whip. Well, here's what was going on last year. Pitching 52 games. He had a 1.97 ERA, outstanding. Nine holds, pitched an 82 in the third inning, 63 hits, that's outstanding. Uh, he gave up 18 earned runs, 25 runs. So, unfortunately, somebody was making some errors in the back on that. I would guess. He had 90 strikeouts, and he hit, they hit 211 off him. And they had a 1.06 whip, and they had a uh, 86, I say 86% ground out to air out. So, he did a really good job and last year, and uh, he's off to a pretty good start this year, too. Eight and a third, eight hits, three runs, three earned. 242 opponents average against and a 1.2 whip and he's got uh, he struck out eight so far so pitched in six games and struck out eight eight and a third and eight strikeouts he's another guy worth keeping an eye on because of stats you never know where these guys are, what's going to happen with these guys if they can become closers or what. Because, you know, unfortunately, people get hurt. And then they got to move people around. And, you know, it's, it's the type of thing where, you know, by the end of September, the roster's all turned over because of injuries. Hopefully, I won't be like that so much this year because of the, uh, New rules, they won't be so muscle-bound, the players.
Coffee's going real well tonight. So we got Josh Soares. And he's uh, 6'3", 215 pounds. He's 29 years old. I should say 29 years young. <laughs> he's a youngin'. Pitching three games so far, four and a third. He's not giving up a run. He's got uh, three strikeouts, and he was picked in the compensation round, picking overall pick 74th by the Dodgers, Colleges, Virginia. So he's a Wahoo. So here we go again. Started out with the Dodgers. And he he's had one start in his career. Pitched in 96 games. Came over to Texas from Los Angeles and they put him to work. He pitched in 63 games. He, uh, he saved one. Nine holds. 59 innings, 52 hits, 26 earned runs, 7 home runs, which is, geez, it's just, that's minuscule, actually, when I look at it. 32 walks, 69 strikeouts, so you had a 1.42 whip, and this is in 2021. So he threw the ball really well, and... So in 22, he struggled. He ended up with one hole. He's 22 and a third, 25 hits. Uh, it'll whip a 1.61. So hopefully he has a better year this year. You know, I've heard the rumors about this Texas new park, and uh, I heard that there's a launching pad, but there's certain areas, and if you hit it, like in the power alley, it's going to go. Dane Dunning, he's, uh, well, he's doing a great job. Yeah, I saw, wow. Six games, 15 and a third, nine strikeouts, and a .72 whip. He's not giving up a run. So he's with the White Sox in a strike here. And he started seven games. 34 years, 70, 34 innings, 25 hits, and um, gave up four home runs. That's a little bit, uh, that's a little bit high, too. But, 4.48, 4 
And last year in 2022, his whip was 1.43. Well, that's that's not getting it done. So I believe that uh, Ian Kennedy, the ace of the Royal Staff and uh, Arizona. He's one of the better pitchers around that I've seen. And So he's four and two-thirds, four hits, five run runs so far, two walks, six strikeouts. He's got a 1.29 whip, but uh, he's got a 9.64 ERA. That is not good. Ian Kennedy. All right, let's go on to the next guy here. Guy's a stud. Jose Leclerc. Six feet, 195 pounds, age is All right, let's do this again here. So, yeah, he, uh, LeClerc is outstanding. It's 14 out of the 18 saves in 2019. 
He broke in in uh, 2016. Uh, yep, I did. All right. Jose Leclerc. I think he's closing it this year too for the for the Rangers. I do believe. He's one on two and save opportunities, so that's he's giving up no runs. Well, I'm going to end the show right here. I keep falling asleep. All right, whatever. It's kind of hard to do a podcast when you're falling asleep, that's for sure. All right, well. Here's talking to you from the uh, Sports Review and... Spirituality Library here in Verona, Wisconsin, in my apartment. And I don't have my lady here to, uh, my assistant, to do the uh, video. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to take it to, uh, I'm going to have to take the credit to the, well, she'll get her doing about, she'll do about 10 more next week, so. And I'll be on recording. You'll, you'll all be able to see how pretty I am because I've had a nice, I've had a lot of half things happen, and now I'm all pretty for you. So, anyways, talking common sense right now. Um, this uh, this Rogers trade. When I look at it, you know, I think it's nice as they got some picks about this, but it's a lot of window dressing. You know, it, it looks like. They got a number one, but all they did was switch positions from 15 to 13. You know, I understand the picks when I when I was looking at it, but I, I was, I'm like, yeah, they want they want to see people think they actually got a first round pick for Rodgers with Rodgers in return, but no, they have to switch with New York now. And, you know, I understand that they wanted to move up two spots in the draft. You know what? I'm just going to say this, too. People, we as people need to realize that the, per, the people that are picked in, these, in, these, in this draft, 
especially the ones that come with the draft choices that were traded by the Jets. I, I believe they need to be right on. They need to make the team. They need to at least be able to, at least be able to man a starting position. I'm not demanding all pro. I'm just saying they need to step in and start. Because, you know, Rodgers is a big thing to lose. A big guy to lose. You know, and he was worthwhile to trade. And I was, I'm all for it. But you know what? I'm just saying. I, I would take that. Uh, the PH guys better not be. They better not be stiffs when they're drafting these guys. You know, we're not going to like it. You know, I think Jordan Love is ready. I'm glad he's going to get an opportunity to play. I think he's a good pick. I think he's yeah, not a good pick. He got picked three years ago. I think he's a good man to be uh, to be a quarterback for this team. Um, Goosey Kiss is going to get trade. Going to get Goosey Kiss is going to get uh, a lot of reviews on this trade. He's he's either going to get roasted or toasted, and um, that's just the way it is when you're an NFL GM. Either roasted or toasted. And that's the tough part about it. You know, it's, it's pure speculation, these drafts are. So, I'm looking forward to Thursday night. You know, because I'm looking forward to see what happens at the number 13 pick overall. And I'm sure the, uh, I'm sure a lot of the nation's going to be looking on too. But, uh, You know, it, it comes down to comes down to uh, being smart about the picks, and then you know what happens with the picks is that that they're picked, they're put into a time machine, and you come back three years from now and take a look how they do, and then you can make some type of prognostication on it. Now, this Herschel Walker trade is interesting, and I went through it, and I. And Wore out my pen uh, trying to scribble all this stuff out. Yeah, they got Jesse Solomon, linebacker, Isaac Isaac Colt, defensive back, Darren Nelson, running back, linebacker David Howard. So, I'm sorry, linebacker. Uh, yeah, Alex Howard too. So. I'm sorry, Alex Stewart, a defensive end. So anyways, what they did was they cut all these guys because they, they had four conditional picks if they made the team. So they cut them all. Smart. Really brilliant move. Because they turned around and they got turned around and were granted four draft picks. Clayton, Clayton Holmes. Then they go with Russell Maryland, the uh, outline trophy winner, and the number one pick in the draft. Then they get the uh, then they get the NFL rushing leader career, Emmitt Smith. Then they get one of the defensive backs in that draft, Kevin Smith. Um, nice trade, you know. And, and you're always that's the trade you always uh, go up against. And you put a, you know, you compare to and. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a Jerry Johnson move. That's just phenomenal because it set him up to win three Super Bowls, 
And, um, you know, how, how amazing is that? It would probably want more if they didn't, if they had such a, I mean, the 49ers are incredibly tough back then. They played them about every game. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they played them every game, you know, and they played in the playoffs. It always it came down to Dallas and San Francisco, like, I think it was twice. But anyways, anyways, San Francisco was a, uh, was a power back then, too. And... So I go on to the Packers is where I'm going to go to. And I'm going to go on to 1971 first-round pick, Mike McCoy, and they trade him at 75, I believe it was. I'm sorry, 70, 77, he goes to the Raiders. And uh, they get Herb McMath. <laughs> All right, I admit it. I'm a geek. I remember Herb McMath, the name. And... Uh, but they also did get first round pick, uh, first round pick with them too, and they selected John Anderson in the nineteen seventy eight draft. And Anderson's one of the all time great, great linebackers in Packers history. Um, he was tough, incredibly tough. He played with a broken arm. He always had a club on his arm because he'd break his arm. And. Um, The real cool part, too, is from Waukesha, Wisconsin. But uh, he was into Michigan, and he did really well. I believe he's All-American, and he just, uh, he was a stud. He was a good punter, too, at Michigan. The Packers probably could have used him. He's probably a better punter than the, uh, the punters they had back then. David Beverly, Ray Stackowicz. So, you know, it's funny that I think about that stuff because, you know, the guy that was making those trades back then was uh, Bart Starr. And quite frankly, even then, you needed to have a general manager and a coach. And that's where they felt, that's where they got screwed up at. You know, I mean, the way I think about it is this. Bart Starr was a, uh, obviously he's a Hall of Fame incredible quarterback, but he could not do, he had trouble doing two of those jobs, and if he would have just won one, done one job, I think he would have done a lot better. He would have been ace. I believe, uh, you know, if he would have just been general manager, somebody else would have coached, he would have been an ace. Or if he would have just been a coach and someone else was a general manager, then they would have had something there. But the problem is, is that you know, the Packers made it, it made a devastating uh, choice too when they had uh, when they had Mick Sherman as coach, and Sherman was a uh, when they brought Sherman in, he was pretty uh, he's pretty raw. He never coached before. He he coached the uh, tight ends for the Packers, and he coached with a few other teams, too. And, um, and in college and pro, and I think it, he coached at, like, New, New, New Hampshire or something like that. But anyways, what happened was he was a, uh, 
they had him fill both roles. They had him be the general manager and the coach. So the problem was was that he ended up the t- the talent slid further and further and further as time went on. You know, he was drafting backup defensive linemen and um, guys who had no clue what the hell they were doing. If he got lucky once in a while. But yeah, he's he suffered both. He suffered because of his job, both. You know, and when they came out and they said it, I remember thinking, they said it right in the air, they said one of the toughest, toughest moves is trying to be GM and coach at the same time. It's just too much. And, you know, you, you burn out after a while, too. You know, if you're trying to do both jobs. So, anyways, yeah, it was a... Uh, and I believe the other guy to do that, too, for a few years was Forrest Gregg. And we all know Forrest Gregg. He, he burnt out, too, you know, after eight... I think he had four, eight, and eight years under him. Man... So, what we do here is we go on and we go to the, uh, we go on to Rick Meyer and, uh, the, uh, Rick Meyer was traded to the Bears for Sean Springs. And he was traded for a fourth Round pick, I believe. And uh, the bar went for fourth round pick, too. But anyways. But yeah, I believe, I believe he was traded for a 12, fourth round pick. But the Bears offered, yeah, the Bears gave a fourth round pick back to Seattle. Seattle turns around and picks Sean Springs. And uh, I'm sorry, but I believe that was a first round pick. So anyways. They turned around and they drafted Sean Springs, and he was an exceptional cornerback. He did a lot. He did some good work for uh, Seattle. And I believe he, he, was all in a, he was all pro for a few years, too. Um, so when, the, uh, when Myra was at Notre Dame, he put up some fabulous numbers, like 41 touchdowns. He ran for 17. But when he went to the NFL and he got over to the Bears, his stats looked looked all right when I was looking at him. There's only one problem. I forgot about this. He put the ball on the ground 30 times. 20 of them were recovered by the defense. And that's a really difficult way to be, uh, to go. And his career is 24 and 44. So, it's 68 games, he only won 24. Needless to say, the Bears only held on to him for a year, and then they dumped him and um, traded him. And they didn't, they, they did a, Too bad they were just they were trying to get better. The Bears were, and um, you know what? That trade I'm thinking about. I'm sorry. Sean Springs is the number one pick, and he went. Uh, 
So yeah, he was traded as the number one pick, and that's Bears drafted him on number one. Yeah, the, I'm sorry, the Seahawks drafted him number one. But yeah, and Favre went as a fourth round pick to the Jets. And I'm not sure who they drafted, but anyways. Anyways, uh, two is like Randy Moss went to the Patriots that one year. That was a big trade for them. And uh, I forgot to write down who, who they got. <laughs> All right, we're going to go on to some more here. We got uh, we got the Hadel trade. I'm going to skip over here to uh, to Hadel trade. They got the Rams loaded up, and they made a couple Super Bowl runs, and they got into the Super Bowl. The 1979 season when Ray Malavasi was coaching, they played the Steelers. And uh, the Steelers got their number 31 and 19. And, they, you know, it's too bad because the Rams had a great team. The Steelers had one also, and that's why they were there. So, when they drafted these players, and this is what I'm talking about. This is quality. They drafted Monty Jackson, Pat Thomas, two dominating cornerbacks. Not dominating, but two very good corners. Who started Nolan Cromwell, one of the best, uh, one of the best special team players ever, and uh, and a really good safety. And then they drafted Dennis Hara. Who started for some years, a few years with uh, the Rams? Doug France, who started for some years with the Rams, and then they went and they drafted Jackie Slater, Hall of Famer. So they got one, two, three, four, five, six starters, and one and a number seven starter and a Hall of Famer, Jackie Slater. So. You know, the, the Packer fans had a, had a lot to get mad about, I guess. <laughs> they couldn't foretell the future but back then, but... Oh, yeah, they, uh... The Rams are... The Rams, uh... Doug Klossmer, I think his name is. The general manager back then for them. He pulled that trade off. That was a hell of a trade. And... It's one of the best trades in history. And that was, uh, that was, uh, <clears throat> that was a good John Adel trade that everybody loves. And the infamous trade, uh, I'm looking to at the Ted Hendricks trade and, uh, the Raiders gave up two number ones. They gave up, uh, for, and the Packers drafted Mark Concar and Ezra Johnson. Ezra was one of the all-time sack leaders from Green Bay Packer history. He was from Morris Brown University in Atlanta. And uh, Mark Concar, unfortunately, was out of Colorado. And he had, uh, he had really bad knees. I mean, I, we went to a game and we saw him and he's, he's using a cane. Why would you draft a guy who had bad knees like that? You don't check him out. You know, it's just... One thing I can say is that he just, he he got hurt in preseason, maybe. 
I didn't get that far into it. But, uh, you know, it's unfortunate because, you know, and the good thing about it was the guy that was least expected to do anything was Ezra. And all Ezra did was go around. I don't know if he's still up there or not, but I went with Raji and Peppers and all these guys. But, you know, Ezra's on the all-time sack leader list for many years. And all John Hadle did is the six touchdowns and 21 picks. It's not very good. Anyways, we all know that. But the thing about Meyer, too, is that he was a horrible leader. I'm skipping around. I'm sorry. I just keep I just keep thinking of uh, things coming in my mind. I'm just saying them. But yeah, Rick Rick Meyer was a bad uh, was a bad quarterback. People say, but then you look at his stats and they weren't all bad. One problem, he threw a lot and he threw some interceptions. But the worst part about it, he put the ball on the ground all the time. He didn't protect the ball. You know, and in Notre Dame, too, he was, I don't think he fumbled that much in Notre Dame from what I remember, but I do remember him. You know, he, he, had, a, he had a lot of touchdowns, passes, and he, let him, he ran for a lot of touchdowns. And what happened was the, uh, you know, Seattle drafted him, I believe, was third. The 93, uh, 93 draft. So, what I see is, I see, yeah, I, I need to go back to this. At Notre Dame, Meyer was uh, at 41 touchdowns, passing and 17 rushing touchdowns. Well, like I said, he fumbled the ball 30 times in his NFL career and gave up 10. That's a lot of turnovers that really can do a lot of uh, damage to your team. And Randy Moss was a uh, was a steal for the Patriots that year because they went 18-0 until they got to the Super Bowl and the Giants got them. You know, it's been fun to watch uh, how these trades turn out. You know, that's what you got to look forward to when you get a little bit older. But, uh, so, anyways, that's what we got going here. And if anybody wants to give me any feedback on it, give me some feedback. If you like it or not. If you like the Rogers trade or not, you know, give me some feedback on it. And, uh, quite frankly, I'm going to go through the drafts when they, when they do the, uh, when they do the picks, and I'm going to go through and critique it. And then I'm going to, uh, but then I want to critique and do like I do in baseball with the team reviews and stuff like that and go through and critique that, critique that. So, I hope everybody has a good day. And uh, it's going to be an interesting draft, I can tell you that much. So, and if nobody else has told you they love you today, I do. And I say that with the power of love.